You're listening to The Journey Podcast. Are you navigating the challenges of caregiving while struggling to manage your own well-being? Stay tuned for valuable insights and practical strategies that promote well-being within the context of family caregiving. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. We explore the intricate interplay of mental health and family caregiving in this enlightening discussion. Delving into the heart of the matter, we unpack the vital connection between caregivers' well-being and their role in supporting loved ones. Discover the nuanced challenges and opportunities that arise within the realm of family caregiving. This conversation underscores the importance of recognizing the impact on mental health that caregivers may experience and offers insights into practical strategies for nurturing your own well-being while navigating the responsibilities of caregiving. Stephanie Chan is the founder and owner of two companies in the senior living industry. Her first company started in 2007, Home to Home, helps seniors and families with healthcare navigation, care planning, downsizing, transitions, and care management. Her newer venture, My Care Base, offers an online marketplace of pre-screened professional caregivers to help seniors remain living safely at home and care management tools for family caregivers to monitor and oversee that care. Prior to this, Stephanie practiced law at a national law firm and then as general counsel and corporate secretary for a public company. In her personal time, Stephanie has been very involved on several boards she is currently the chair of the board of Solas Trust and is on the board of a nonprofit called Flavors of Hope. In the past, she has been a board member of several other nonprofits, including Make a Wish Foundation of BC and Yukon, most notably for 16 years, Museum of Vancouver, Make a Wish Foundation of Canada, Go Ballet Vancouver Society, and the Caregivers Association of BC. Let's meet Stephanie Chan. Hi, Stephanie. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because mental health and family caregiving is such an important topic, and I'm looking forward to exploring more with you today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. It's my pleasure. And for starters, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your own story, how you came to do what you do to introduce you a little bit to our listeners? Sure. Well, I have an interesting origin story. I started off in a completely different career before I got into senior living. I started off my career as a corporate lawyer. I practiced for about nine years in two different jobs, ended up as general counsel of a clean tech company and decided it was time for a change. And we'll make a long story short, but it took a while to figure out what would be worthwhile for leaving law for and developed an idea around 
helping seniors. And at the time that this idea formed, it just felt really right. And in hindsight, it was definitely the right choice. I've found a bit of a career calling in helping individuals and families rather than helping companies. And I found that what drives me is really making a meaningful impact on a senior's life kind of at the most vulnerable point or chapter of their journey and helping family caregivers in their efforts to support their aging parents. And so I started my first business in 2007. That's when I left Law Cold Turkey. And then since then, I started a second business, both helping seniors with a variety of issues around healthcare planning, navigation, care planning, transitions when they're downsizing or moving into retirement community, and also finding caregivers to help them age in place at home. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that family caregivers face a lot of challenges when it comes to deciding what is right as we see our families age, our parents age, and it becomes a challenging space. And what kind of issues do you see when you start working with families who are trying to make choices, you know, can we provide care at home? Do we have to start looking for a care home? What are some of the challenges that you find that everyone kind of comes across at that stage? I think there's so many emotions that come about all around the same time. And so there's a few common ones that we see a lot across all of our client base. The first one that kind of goes to what you were saying about they're trying to make decisions is there's this feeling of not knowing what to do, especially if it's the first parent in the family that they're trying to figure out these solutions for. And because there's a fragmentation of information, and there's not a lot of places here in Canada to get advice on it all, we have a two-tiered system, a private pay system, and a subsidized system here. And a lot of families just don't know what to do and they need direction, they need information. And so there's a little bit of informational fragmentation and confusion. So there's that feeling. And then there's all these emotions that are associated with the family caregiving itself. So while you're trying to figure out a solution for your mom or dad, you're also doing things for them or taking care of them. And so there's common emotions that we see associated with family caregiving. The biggest one, I think, is burnout. We see caregiver burnout a lot. And that comes from trying to juggle a lot. In addition to taking care of a parent, they might be working full time. They might have kids at home. And so it's easy to see how someone could be exhausted and burnt out. The second emotion that we see a lot is caregiver guilt. And under that topic, we see two scenarios. We see caregiver guilt in that there's a feeling that you're not doing enough. But when I look at the situation, I think they are doing enough, but they feel like they're not doing enough. Then the second scenario is the feeling that you're not doing enough because you live far away. Long-distance caregiving comes with its own emotions. And then the third emotion we see a lot is grief and loss. And it's like kind of this recognition that your parent is changing. They're no longer the parent that you used to know. 
So those would be the four main emotions that we see a lot. Yeah, those are some really great points. And as you're talking about them, I'm kind of mentally ticking them off as kind of having experienced a range of those already. We cared for an aging grandparent at home and I live very far away from my family. So as you're mentioning those, I can definitely relate to what happens as aging happens in the family. Now, is there also the flip side to what you were just describing? There's the caregiver side, which is usually the parents who are trying to take care of grandparents or children who are trying to take care of parents. But is there any challenges that the aging seniors themselves are struggling with as well? Because I've heard my grandma mention a few times that she felt like she was a burden, you know, as we were caring for her and her family was caring for her. So is there that flip side to it as well, that there's a caregiver, but then there's also the seniors that we are trying to care for who are struggling as well? Absolutely. That's a great point and a great question. Absolutely. On the flip side, you have to recognize that the senior is also going through a range of emotions. And for them, we do see what you mentioned about not wanting to be a burden, not wanting to bother your kids. They know that the kids and the family members work full time. So we do see that. Another common emotion that we see or challenge is where the parent is resistant or in denial of what's happening to them. And there's this role reversal that happens where the adult child kind of becomes the parent of their parent in that they form opinions on what their parents should do. Kind of like when you raise kids, you have opinions on what you want to see your kids do, but there's this role reversal. And so the parent sometimes, the senior, is resistant or in denial about changes in their health whether they need help at home or not. And it can be a struggle dealing with that resistance. So that is probably the most common thing we get asked about is how do I get through to my parent and persuade them to try out home care or to get a cleaner or to, you know, make any changes in their house. And so that's a really common emotion the other one I would say is the senior is also experiencing grief and loss because once you get past that resistance and denial, then there is this acceptance of the changes that are happening to their body. And most people don't like it. <laughs> and so there's this sense of acceptance and dealing with all the emotions that come with realizing they can they have a car soon like they can no longer drive they can no longer travel the way they used to and do all these things that they used to do all their lives that can be difficult too yeah i definitely understand that as well and that's an important thing to recognize that as the aging process just kind of continues most seniors are completely aware of what is happening, that there are cognitive changes, that there are physical changes. And I think more often we see if there's a dementia, you know, that happens or Alzheimer's, then maybe they kind of lose track of a few things. But I think most people are completely aware that those changes are happening and that can be so challenging on both sides for the caregivers and the individuals being cared for. Now, 
if there are family members who are caring for their aging parents or seniors in their family, and they might be experiencing caregivers burnout, like you mentioned before, what are some of the things that they should be looking out for? What might be coming up for them in that situation? Well, I think one of the things that they should be looking out for, or maybe what they should be doing is looking for help. And we have this term that I use all the time, and I say share the care. And what that involves is the recognition that you can't take on everything yourself. <laughs> and to involve others, if you have other family members, involve them, have group conversations about planning for the care of the care recipient. And if you already feel burnt out, set boundaries so that you can reduce the burnout. And if you feel like burnout is in the near future, set boundaries to avoid the burnout. And so that means that you're going to have to say no to some things. And it's okay to say no. It really is. You definitely do not need to feel like the family caregiving is all on your shoulders. Usually in many families, there is one primary caregiver. That's really common. But there are a bunch of secondary family caregivers who may be able to help. And if not, let's say you're an only child, then involve other professionals, neighbors, friends, hired help. There's other ways to expand the care team so that you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah. And in Canada, is there an availability of maybe doing some of the care yourself or within the family and also bringing in outside services like as a combination? Is that an option? Yes, absolutely. So there's a whole range of services. And one of my businesses, my care base actually helps families find these services and matches them with home helpers who can help with a variety of things inside the home, such as meal prep and cleaning and transportation and so forth. But in Canada, and I think most countries, there's all sorts of things you can find, services that you can find to help with the care so that the family member doesn't have to do everything. Yeah, and that's actually, I think, especially if caregivers might be feeling guilty about not being able to do it all themselves, this would be a great place to start and look into getting some help and actually alleviating those feelings of guilt and the burnout that they might be feeling. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. And I would say also, don't even start with any expectation that you can do it all yourself, because that's just not possible. And so... I think if you feel like you can do it all yourself and then realize you can't, then there's kind of like this sense of failure that comes with it, which isn't the way I like to look at it. I would encourage people to come at it at the outset with the acknowledgement that they cannot do it themselves. So here are the things that I can do. Make a list of what you can do having regard to other circumstances in your life. Set out time blocks in the week that you have available for family caregiving and a list of what you can do. And then what will come naturally from that is a list of things you cannot do where you have to seek outside help. Yeah. And do you work with families who might be, you know, dispersed across Canada or dispersed across the province, or they might be living in another country and they find that, you know, their parents are aging. What do they do? Because they can't really just fly over for a weekend. How do you right. address those kind of situations? 
Long distance caregiving is really tough. And, you know, sometimes I can spend a whole hour just talking about long distance caregiving because there's a whole set of emotions and logistical and practical challenges, mental health and emotions aside, there's just really practical issues. So these days, the good thing is there are tech-enabled services now that really make it a lot easier than it used to be like five or 10 years ago for long-distance caregivers to remotely connect with or monitor the care or to find care or to monitor their parents' well-being. So for example, there's Wi-Fi-enabled pill dispensers. Oh, wow. So if a common challenge is a parent not taking their medications because they've forgotten or they're busy. And a common concern of the adult children are mom and dad taking their meds. And, you know, in the past, people would have all their pills in a pill bottle or what are called bubble packs here, which is when the pharmacist separates all the pills out by day or time of day. But then as an adult child living in another country, you have no idea if your parent actually took those pills. But these days, there are these tech-enabled pill dispensers that have sensors if a particular day's pills have not been taken. And then so you as the daughter would get a notification. Oh, wow. And that is absolutely amazing. I didn't even know that that existed. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's all sorts of technology now that can help some of the practical challenges of being a long-distance caregiver. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that that is quite challenging. And there are a whole set of emotions involved in that, (laughs) all on its own, as you said. (laughs) So, yeah. And oftentimes, we end up caring for someone who also might be facing mental health challenges and So then you have that going on with the person you're caring for, but you're also trying to deal with your own mental health and your own well-being issues. Is there anything that people could do to balance themselves a little bit in those situations and avoid that going completely out of control? Yeah. One piece of advice I would have is, and this is easier said than done, I realize, is try to be proactive rather than reactive. That will really help things from spiraling out of control when there's a crisis or when unexpected things happen. So the energy that you spend being proactive, and what I mean by being proactive is thinking about issues in advance, doing research before a decision has to be made, and maybe talking to others who have been through similar experiences. So through all that, you can kind of start thinking about how you would react in certain situations. You can research let's say your parent has a chronic condition or illness, you can research how that is expected to evolve so that you know what to expect a year down the road or three years down the road. But all the energy that you spend being proactive is much better spent doing that rather than the energy you spend being reactive when something has happened and you haven't thought about anything. And that's really when you are reactive, That is when things can spiral out of control very easily because you feel like you're in a panic. But if you are proactive, then you can react to things more nimbly and in a more rational, prepared way. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Those are often the things that we tend to put off because we don't want to think about them. But we all know that they're coming. We all know that we're going to age. Our parents are aging. So these are great things to prepare for. And like you said, do research about, even if we're not talking about mental health challenges, but just looking to the future and just being a little bit prepared so that you can let go of some of the anxiety and the fear that might be coming up as you're thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you offer program services, you work with caregiving families, you also work with seniors. Do you want to explain to our listeners a little bit about what you offer and how they could work with you in case that this episode really aligned with them and they're looking for help and support? Yes. So through my first business, Home to Home, I offer a complimentary consult just to see if there are ways that I can easily point you in the right direction, answer very quick questions, and that comes at no cost. So that's a free half an hour consult that I'm happy to give just to get people going in the right direction. And if they choose to do a longer care planning session with me or utilize any of our other services, that's fine. But I find what people need just is sometimes they just have some quick questions. My other business, My Care Base, we have welcome incentives. So My Care Base is a marketplace where we connect families to vetted caregivers for personal care or home support. We have welcome bonuses where under our referral program, we provide new customers with a choice of welcome incentives. The best one I would say out of the choices would be that we really want people to try out home care. So we offer the first three hours free on us. So we'll match them with the caregiver and we'll pay for their first visit just so they can try it out. Yeah, and that might help with some individuals who might be more resistant to the idea that they may need help. We'll help them get a little bit more familiarized with that and see what the service is all about. Yes, exactly. Yeah, amazing. And does this work just in certain parts of Canada or do you work with individuals all over Canada on that? We work with individuals all over Canada, certainly with the healthcare navigation and kind of what I call caregiver coaching, which is helping families through some of these emotional issues that we've talked about today. I can do that wherever the caregiver is. So in fact, you know, we talked about long distance caregiving. I've had family caregivers all over the world in Asia, Europe, and the U.S. that I've worked with in dealing with some of their long-distance issues. With the Caregiver Marketplace, we have ready-to-go caregivers in Greater Toronto and Greater Vancouver. If a family needs a caregiver in another city, what we do is kind of like a customized recruitment for them where we help them find a caregiver and we apply the same vetting that we do with our existing roster and we help them find a caregiver. Wow, that sounds amazing. And I'm also wondering, do you work with individuals who might not have anyone to care for them, who might be a little bit hesitant and maybe even apprehensive to try and dive into the system themselves to find help? Do you support seniors and people who need care in that way as well? Absolutely. That's a great point. There are a lot of seniors who just never had kids and don't really have a lot of support. And so they take it upon themselves to find the services they need. And so absolutely, we have quite a few clients in that situation where they have found us themselves and we're helping them directly. Yeah, I can imagine that that's sort of a 
challenging situation when you're trying to navigate all that on your own. So I'm very glad that you're offering these services. I find that as we all age, this topic becomes so much more important in families because there is this question of what do we do now? Our parents aren't the same anymore. What do we do? How do we respect their wishes? How do we respect who they once were, who they are now? And how do we, to the best of our abilities, all pitch in and take care of that? So yeah, right. that's amazing. Yeah. And so if you have maybe one little nugget or a piece of wisdom that you can leave our listeners with today, anything that you could tell them if they're feeling a bit of tension, anxiety, or fear around this whole topic about trying to you know, find solution, taking the first steps, anything that you can leave them with? I would say talk to others. So I'll leave them with two things. Talk to others who have been through the experience with their own family. I think there's a lot to be learned from other family caregivers. While everyone's experience is unique, because every family is unique, there's a lot of commonalities. And so I would say talk to others. And the other thing is, I've mentioned this already, but it really is so important to be proactive and start your discussions early before there's any pressure to make a decision and plan and research in advance. Yeah, that's some great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we will be linking to all of Stephanie's offerings in the show notes as well. So if you're curious about her services and her programs, we can put all of that in the show notes for you to check out there. And this has been another incredible episode. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed this journey into mental health and family caregiving as much as I have. I realize that this is such a hugely important topic. And it has been fantastic chatting with you today, Stephanie. Thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and knowledge to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been a great chat. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much and take care. Have a great day. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please support us by subscribing, sharing on social media and leaving us a review. We appreciate you. And you can find more of The Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and our website, thejourney.com. Sending you love and courage and see you next time.